I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey. All are welcome here. Let's get started. Are we supposed to pray for the same thing over and over again? This question reminds me of when my boys were really little. Every Thursday, we would load their instruments up in the back of our car, buckle in, and take a four-hour round trip to Lewisburg, West Virginia for fiddle lessons. And almost every week, the entire trip was filled with the same question. Are we there yet? There's not a mom listening right now who hasn't heard that question over and over again, sometimes even on shorter car rides. Just to be funny, my sons still do this sometimes, even though they're now 15 and 17 years old and pretty much know exactly how much longer it's going to take for us to arrive at our destination. I don't know about you guys, but those impatient responses of my children often drove me completely batty, especially when they were asked 25 times in a short span of time. I even tried this trick that I saw on Pinterest when they were little, where you put two rubber bands on either side of your visor in the car with a string of balls tied in between them. And as the trip progressed, I would move the balls from one end of the string to the other so that they could have a visual of how close we were. I'm just here to tell you, it didn't matter. They still asked. It makes me wonder, though, sometimes, if God feels the same way about us. I confess, I've made the same request of God in prayer over and over again. I have one request, guys, that I've been asking God for for about 25 years now. And really, I just keep asking the same request of Him. I keep making the same request over and over again. And it makes me wonder if He gets as annoyed with me as I sometimes did with my kiddos on long trips. So I think today's question is a really good one. Does praying for the same thing over and over mean we don't trust God? Does it mean our prayers are rote or that they lack meaning or that they're just for show? We're going to get to the bottom of all of that in today's episode. But before we dive in, just want to say a quick hello to Stacy Thacker, our co-host for today. Stacy, what's going on? Hey, Brooke. Hello, friends. Well, what's going on and what's new is I have, I know I'm late to the game. I've discovered a new grocery delivery service that is literally saving my life. And so as long as I can remember to get my order placed in time for my reserve spot, then we're doing really good at the Thacker house. But because your opening story had me remembering all those trips to the grocery stores with my girls hanging off the carts and asking (laughs) me for a hundred different snacks every single trip repeatedly. So that kind of brought that memory up. And now I'm just ordering and clicking and hopefully that gracious driver's bringing those groceries to my front door. So I'm kind of feeling that repeat request as well. So that's what's new. How about you? Awesome. That's funny. We were in Walmart. I think it was 
back in the fall, all four of us were at Walmart together, which is fairly unusual these days. And my oldest had this memory of, I had a buggy and I don't know how it works in your family, but I'm the buggy driver. Like get off the buggy. I'm the buggy driver, right? I have to, it's a control issue, I guess, but I need to be holding onto the buggy. And so he, he had this memory and it was something that I had even kind of forgotten about. But when I had to take them grocery shopping with me when they were little, I would get the, now, okay, let me back up just a second. Do you know, have you seen those carts like in Kroger or something like that, that have the race cars on the front of them? They're supposed to be fantastic for kids, right? You're like, that never worked for me. It was awful. They would like fight over who got to drive. I know you guys can't see me, but I'm doing like the air quotes thing. Who got to drive because technically they don't get to drive. They would have like fist fights in the front of it. They would, it would end in screaming and I would inevitably take one of them out and put them in the buggy with me. Those were very short lived in our family, but it was also very short lived in our family. Like the little baby buggies that the kids can take. We never were able to use those either because they would run into displays and thought it was great fun. So when we were at Walmart, when they were really little, I would put them on either sides of the buggy and make one of them hold on to the buggy and the other one hold on to the other side of the buggy. And our constant conversation all the way through Walmart was put your hand on the buggy, put your hand on the buggy. Don't take your hand off of the buggy. Is your hand on the buggy? <laughs> so we were, my oldest son was remembering that just a few months ago, like he's almost 18 now. And so we're walking through Walmart and I've got these two big boys who are taller than me now with their hands on the buggy. Going, are you, are you, is your hand on the buggy? Mom, don't take your hand off the buggy. So Bless anyways, those super young, super men. fun times. They're so <laughs> funny. They're so funny. I think this is such an appropriate conversation and we've had kind of a heavy month here on the career yes. question podcast. So today we promise it's a little more lighthearted, serious and important, but a little lighthearted. So we're going to dive into today's conversation buggy carts at the grocery store <laughs> and all. It all relates. Well, we're answering this question. Are we supposed to pray for the same thing over and over again? And I'm just going to go on record now saying, oh, I hope so, because I am a chronic repeat prayer confessing right off the top, Brooke. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I have. I definitely have tendencies in that direction. So I think, I think you're going to get your wish, but with caveat, like there's little things that we have to discuss about it too. The first place that I want to look to kind of help us put this together in a biblical way is Luke 18. In my Bible, it's referred to as the parable of the persistent widow, which I just love. I love the word persistence. Um, and I want to just point out the very first verse in that chapter, Luke 18, one, the very first verse says, Now he told them, this is Jesus. Now he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. So there you go, Stacey, right there in the very beginning, you get your wish. At the beginning of that verse, Jesus tells us that the reason he's giving us this particular message, the whole reason for it in Luke is so that we'll keep praying and never give up. So right from the start, we find out that our answer is yes. We are supposed to pray for things over and over again. But let's listen to the rest of that passage. It says, now he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. There was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect people. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he was unwilling 
But later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect people, I think it's funny that the judge is having this conversation with himself. Well, even though I don't fear God and I don't respect people, (laughs) he says, because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice. I also really love the word pestering so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. And then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay helping them? Mm. Well, I think it is easy to misunderstand this passage. So let's clarify right off the top there. Jesus is not saying that God is an unjust judge. He is not saying that. But what he's doing and what he's saying is really of that of the widow that who at the time would have had trouble advocating for herself. It would have been hard for her without um, money because she is a widow. We're assuming that she is poor. Um, As a widow, she wouldn't have had a, a man at that time to speak for her. And so to get justice from a judge who is actually corrupt, to be a little persistent is a good thing. And so how much more would our just and good father take care of his own children. That is the real comparison there. Yeah, exactly. This woman had no one to help her make her case. In fact, my Wearsby commentary tells me that her only recourse was just like in those days, the court was in a tent. And so the only thing she could do was just walk around outside of the court tent and kind of make a nuisance of herself shouting at the corrupt judge. What a picture, right? And our story as believers, this is the cool part. Our story is completely different than what hers was. We not only have direct access to the father, but we also have an advocate before the father. She had no one to advocate for her. Jesus is our advocate. He's our high priest and the one who conveys our messages. And and this is the part I love, even the ones where we don't have the right words. He is the one talking to the father on our behalf. And it makes me happy but it also makes me kind of sad, happy because man, what a gift to know that God has not left us to fend for ourselves. I imagine her fear and her level of feeling distraught over what was happening, knowing that she had no recourse, no one to help her in this matter. I can feel that. I can feel what that must've felt like for her, but God has not left us to fend for ourselves. It also makes me sad because there are believers out there, maybe listening right now, who feel as if they are on their own. I saw a post on Facebook from a high school friend the other day that said, I work hard. It was a meme, I think. I work hard because there's no backup plan. I am the backup plan. And while, Stacey, I'm certainly an advocate for hard work, like we do have to work hard, I also know that I serve the Father who holds me firmly in his mighty right hand. He goes before me. He stands behind me. He lives within me. And according to Psalm 46, five, he won't let me fall. So there are people, believers out there living as if they're doing it all on their own and feeling the pressure of that, much like our persistent widow did. But as believers, that's not the reality of what we have access to. Today's episode is brought to you by our Pray the Word calendar, a monthly scripture-inspired prayer calendar designed to take the how-to and the what-to out of praying God's Word for your family. If you want to be a praying mom but don't know how to pray or what to pray or just struggle to find the time to figure it all out, this is for you. 
available only to our Patreon members. Pray the Word calendars are exactly what they sound like. Each month, our members get a brand new printable prayer calendar that leads them in praying through an entire book of the Bible. Starting in March, we'll be praying through the third part of the book of Psalms, chapters 73 through 106. Don't worry if you miss the first and second part of the Psalms. You can get access to all of our prayer calendars when you join. Get your 25-day Psalms prayer calendar right away and watch the power of God begin to move in your life. You can find the link in today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. I have been thinking lately about the word accessible. And so much of that word is part of the story of what we're talking about today. And the truth is that according to the book of Hebrews is that we are invited to come close to our intercessor, to our great high priest, and to get what we need in the moment that we need it. Jesus makes himself accessible to us and invites us into that kind of interaction. So it's almost as though even though we're talking about the widow and the judge who isn't just, that her persistence, there's something about the quality of her consistent, persistent asking that Jesus is saying, come on. And he's inviting us to have that same conversation with him. Yeah. And I know that people are going to ask why, why in the world, Lord, why do you want to make it so that we have to come to you over and over and over again. Why can't we just deal with this the first time? And so I want to address that a little bit. The persistent widow in this passage was begging an unjust judge from a position of poverty. But we come as believers, we come to the faithful judge as his beloved children. And and the first thing I want to say is that that's pretty awesome, if you think about it. I don't think that this passage is saying that God honors chanting prayer or mechanical prayers that say the same thing over and over and over again. But being persistent over time, it does something to us. It changes us. Even though we might be asking for the same heart level answer to prayer, as time passes in our lives, our prayers are going to change as well. They're going to grow and they're going to develop And they're going to get reshaped just because living life does that to us. It gives us more information, more insight, deeper perspective, and and it matures us in our faith so that we might even change what we're asking for altogether. I mentioned at the beginning of today's episode that I've been praying for the same thing over and over and over again for 25 years, and that's true, I have. But there are other things that I've been praying for for 25 years that have changed over time. My understanding of what I'm asking for and how to pray for that thing and even how to look for God's answer to it has changed and matured as I have changed and matured in my own spiritual life. I found an article in the Huffington Post by Rick Hamlin, and he said in this particular article, and I'll I'll put a link to the article in the show notes, when we repeat ourselves in a healing context, and I love that he called prayer a healing context because it is, when we repeat ourselves in a healing context like prayer, we start to see the sense of it. In our petitions to God, we find ourselves becoming braver, stronger, more confident, surer of ourselves, like that courageous widow. The language of prayer is part of the cure. Persistence means everything. So let me tell you a little story. A couple of years ago, a deer hit me on the way home from dinner with friends. And I 
I am intentionally saying that the deer hit me because I never even saw the deer. It was very dark and it hit the side of my car um, on the passenger side, like right in front of me. It didn't do any damage to my door. If it had hit me, I mean, this was like full impact. It did something like $9,000 worth of damage to our car. And for a few weeks after we got the car back, it took months for the people to fix the car. But after we got it, I found myself like, Stacey, we live in, in Southwestern Virginia. There are lots of back roads here. There is lots of mountain roads that don't have lights on them that are not well lit where it is very easy. Like people around here hit deer all the time. It is an all the time kind of thing. So for a few weeks after we got the car back, I found myself praying the same thing over and over and over again when I was driving in the dark on those mountain roads. Lord, please protect me from deer. Lord, please protect me from deer over and over and over again. Like I would admit to you that I've probably prayed that 25 times on one ride home. Like it just is going in my mind on repeat over and over and over again. And you might say that that is a rote prayer or a mechanical prayer, but I see it a little bit differently. Just like one of my children on our ride to the fiddle lessons who trusted his parent to be the keeper of his destiny, I'm exactly the same way. I'm talking to my father in heaven because to do so brings me comfort. It isn't that I think he's obligated to do just as I ask, just because I'm asking the same thing over and over and over again. Rather, it's about our relationship. Talking to him makes me feel closer to him. Talking to him makes me feel safe and protected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another verse to consider, I was thinking of 1 Thessalonians 5.17, and it just very simply says to pray without ceasing. And that word, without ceasing, it, it means without intermission. So you think about in, in movies or shows or plays when we would have an intermission and there would be a pause in the action of what's happening in front of us. So so I think what it does in this is to pray without ceasing in that in terms of our relationship with him is it positions our hearts to experience him more deeply, but also to receive his answer to that prayer when it comes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we have examples of this in, in the Bible. Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane prayed the same prayer at least twice in, in that fateful night. Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Over and over again, he prayed this. In his distress, he repeated his request to the Father. And we have Jesus sharing the parable of the grouchy neighbor in Luke 11, 5 through 8, to once again demonstrate to us that if an uncaring friend will meet the need of his neighbor, who are showing what verse 8 calls as shameless audacity, oh man, there's some good language right there, in their persistent request for help, how much more? Can we depend upon God to meet the needs of his children? He sent his only son to die for us because he loves us. So I think if Jesus can highlight the grouchy neighbor meeting needs, then we can really lean in and trust that Jesus is going to meet our needs when we make those shameless, audacious requests of him over and over and over again. Right. And just to be clear, in my Bible, it does say the parable of the persistent widow in Luke 11, five through eight, it does not call it the parable of the grouchy neighbor. Those were just my words, but I thought they were appropriate. <laughs> but to wrap things up, I really do believe that we are welcome to bring our requests to God in a persistent, maybe even a repetitive way. It comforts our heart 
it changes us, it develops us, and it matures our faith. And I think the key here, as with all things, is the intent of our hearts. In the same way that the Father welcomes us to approach his throne, he admonishes the Pharisees for standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others as they prayed. They just wanted to be seen. They wanted to be seen as holier than everyone else, many times just chanting the same thing over and over to puff themselves up. If you're repeating prayers like that for no reason, then the answer is no. But if you're coming to God with a sincere heart, trusting in your relationship with him because of Jesus, then the answer is yes. So today, if your toddler or teenager has asked you for the millionth time for something, smile. And remember, I can approach God like that too. I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode where we answer your questions about prayer. And part of today's episode was taken from Brooke's resource, Overcoming Biblical Obstacles to Prayer. And you can find it along with links to everything we mentioned today in the show notes at millionpraymoms.com. Take us out, Brooke. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.